Hey there, Bulldogs, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Tassel. This is your host, Carla Quintanilla. I am a marketing major at the sales class of 2021, and I am so delighted to be hosting this podcast with the purpose of reconnecting with our alumni and informing current students like you about the endless possibilities beyond college. Prepare to be inspired through the incredible stories of our alumni and learn valuable insights from their career journey. We are here to help you spark your career curiosity and encourage you to begin exploring your future possibilities. Now, without further ado, let's get started with this week's guest. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for listening and tuning in to today's episode. Today, we have a very special alumni joining us, and that is Hutton Jackson, class of 2016. Um, Hutton was a um, communications major at DeSales um, back in 20, um, you know, you started in 2012. And today he's just kind of telling us his story since he graduated. And I know I've seen he's been to, or he's worked in many different places. So we just want to hear from you and your story uh, in terms of what you've done with your career. So we can get started there and just tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, Hutton. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, thank you for having me, Carla. I appreciate it. It's always great to talk to fellow DeSales uh, alumni. And, um, you know, I'm, it's nice to see too, you know, where the, the younger generation of DeSales students, I don't think I'm very old, but, you know, now five years re- removed is a lot farther removed than it, it feels. So it um, feels like I was just back there yesterday, but yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Of course. So where are you right now? Um, tell us a little bit more about, I know you've just started a new position, but um, if you can just give us a brief summary about what you've been and um, what you're doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I currently live in New Jersey. Um, so originally from Virginia, went to the sales, uh, met my wife there. So we both reside in New Jersey. She's also class of 2016. She was a dance major at the sales. Um, but uh, yeah, currently I just accepted a new job with the Action Network, uh, which is a sports media a sports betting media company. Um, and with the sports betting industry now kind of starting to take off, uh, what the Action Network does is they provide a bunch of resources, um, both for sports bettors, both novice bettors, experienced bettors, um, you know, kind of to train people to bet responsibly. Um, so I'm going to be on their content side, uh, helping produce uh, video content, live uh, video content on Twitter and uh, YouTube, as well as some podcasts as well for them. Um, so that's my new role. Uh, as of recording this, I haven't actually started, um, starting mm-hmm. soon. And then my past role, I was just with MLB network and NHL network, um, for there for a little over three and a half years, um, and gained a lot of valuable experience there as well, uh, being in the sports media industry. Yeah. You're the first person that, um, that's been in that industry. So I'm really curious just to learn more about it. I, I really don't know much and I, and I know that there might be someone listening that might be really interested and exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing. So I hope they find it beneficial. Um, but tell us just rewinding back to going back to when you were at the sales, um, mm-hmm. what sparked your interest perhaps in going into this industry? What was your involvement at the sales like? If you want to just share a little bit about your time while you were a student at the sales. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, I attended the sales and was communications major. And the nice thing about communications is it gives you a very diverse skill set. Um, you know, Professor McKnight was the chair of the department when I was there. Um, we had a bunch of other great faculty as well. Um, but she did a really great job, I think, of allowing us to kind of pursue our own path in communications. Because when a lot of people look at communications, it's a very broad major. 
And so it's not like, you know, nursing or, you know, PA school where, you know, there's a direct placement after college. Um, and that was a little daunting to me, but um, I think Professor McKnight did a good job of showing me and, you know, my fellow alumni, um, you know, and students that you can really forge your own path um, in communication. And actually when I went to school, um, I know we have a great sports management program and a sports communication um, track as well. And I actually just did the public relations communications track because I didn't really see myself going in the sports industry. I've always been a sports fan. I actually played lacrosse um, at DeSales all four years as well okay. um, and had a great time playing that as well. So that was one of the activities I was involved in. But um, really, I guess, you know, just studying communication and seeing like the different avenues you could have gone in. I originally thought I was going to go more the marketing route. Mm -hmm. um, my first job out of college was with a government contractor doing public relations, which is completely different from what I'm doing now. So I think that's a testament to communication. And sometimes it's looked down as like, you know, a weakness of being a communications major, but actually it's a strength because it makes you well-rounded yeah. and allows you to kind of go into different career paths. So never saw myself getting into the sports media industry. I was fortunate enough to get, um, accepted in the apprenticeship program at MLB network. And that's kind of what, you know, piqued my interest. And I gained a lot of skills there and, um, I owe really, uh, a lot to them because I feel like I found a career, not just a job there, but, um, that's kind of what I did at the sales. I was also a member of the minstrel, um, writing for the newspaper. So I was the arts and entertainment and online editor, um, for a period there and, mm -hmm. um, kind of honed my writing skills also helped with like, you know, building out a website and me and uh, Adam Zalanka who was the editor in chief, uh, my senior year, he did a great job of running the, the, um, newspaper and also pushing us to kind of going to different avenues, not just writing stories, but we tried some video content as well. And that was kind of a little bit of my first foray into video content, not really anything, you know, professional, but, um, that's kind of, you know, where I could, I was able to kind of hone my skills and, and kind of develop my skills beyond of what we were just taught in class. Yeah. I mean, it looks like you were super active outside of the classroom and, um, I, I love to talk a little bit more about, um, the MLB program that you did, uh, was that mm. considered an internship what, that you did while you were at school or was it after graduation? I just have never heard of it. And I know we encourage students to kind of look into different programs like that because many times that's what leads you into uh, a full-time job, correct? Yes. And so it actually wasn't while I was at school, I did it actually after, and they have, um, they have two programs. And unfortunately, because of COVID, they'd had to shut them down temporarily. Okay. Hopefully they'll bring them back. But, uh, the apprenticeship program was actually for um, reservists and veterans. And so I'm in the army reserves. Um, so that's kind of how I got into the apprenticeship program um, with that. And then they also offer internships as well. Now that I think is also put on pause just temporarily. Um, okay. But yeah, I think, yeah, the best way, you know, you bring up internships and although, you know, MLB might not have some opportunities right now for students um, just being willing to take on internships, I think, is something I wish I would have done a little bit more in college. And I did do one internship, which was at Today uh, Media Custom Communications for a summer. And that was great experience. That was more on the um, editorial side of things, writing articles, um, writing pieces for travel magazines. And then, you know, that's where I kind of developed a little bit of a experience with WordPress, which is a very common open source uh, web program that people can use to build websites. So I'm not, you know, a coder by any means, but WordPress is a pretty basic platform that people can learn. So Again, I think that's a testament to just trying new things. You know, I, yeah. I credit that internship that I got in between my sophomore and junior year of allowing me to kind of broaden my skills in, you know, building a website and, you know, writing articles. And that actually helped me 
as an online editor at the minstrel when I came back to school. So I was able to kind of build out our web content and really before, um, you know, me and Adam started working on it, our website was kind of, you know, a few articles every month and we decided, okay, let's upload all the articles that we had not, you know, in the newspaper as well, republish them on the website, try to have some you know, more content on there, whether it's video or, or just tweeting out news as well. And so I think we did a good job of trying to, you know, build out, um, the coverage a little bit more. And a lot of that was because, you know, I got some experience at an internship. So I know I kind of backtracked a little bit, but I think it just, you know, shows that try to get those experiences while you can in college. I could have gotten more. I wish I would have gotten more, but even just doing the newspaper, um, you know, not the same as an internship, not professional experience, but you can really kind of hone your skills doing stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's all about that. It's all about developing your skills um, because that's what you can bring. It's it's the, the thing that you can bring into the job aside from your degree. Um, mm-hmm. So that's really cool. I mean, I'm sure that um, you know people are looking kind of and and the sales has grown so much in every department. I feel like mm-hmm. like even career development has grown so much. We now have the blog. We have you know the podcast. But it all started from the students who just kind of took that initiative to start something and build content for the sales. But even that you bring you bring into um, a job interview as your portfolio and your mm-hmm. skills that you've developed. So super cool. And I mean, I think I encourage current students to just kind of get started, whether it's with a new club, whether it's with, um, you know, joining a work study and, and just working with them. I think it's super, super helpful and really can build your skills. So um, I want to just, if you can share with us a little bit more about your day-to-day, I know we had talked about the crazy schedules that maybe mm-hmm. you, you had in, in the past or, or continue to have uh, for somebody that might be interested in this field and really has not much of an idea of what the day-to-day looks like. Can you summarize a little bit about what you do and what your week looks like? Yeah, so it's uh, it's chaotic. Um, so I think my new job is going to be a little bit more um, you know, simpler because I'm actually going to be remote and, uh, the day-to-day might be more of a nine to five. Uh, there's going to be some weekends and there's going to be some nights, but I think that's my biggest takeaway is in the sports industry, it's kind of around the clock. So when I was at MLB, um, sometimes I'd be, you know, as early as seven to three or whatever. Um, other days I'd be in at 6 PM until 2 AM. So I think if someone's looking to get into the sports industry, realize that a lot of sports happen at night. Um, and you know, MLB was nice because you had daily shows during the day as well. So you could be working on a daily show recapping, you know, what happened the night prior, or you could be working on the shows that are covering the games while they're happening. So anyone getting into the sports industry, I don't really have a typical day cause it varies, but, um, the nice thing is you can kind of, you kind of work whenever. Now that can be, you know, daunting to some people. And if, you know, you don't want to give up your weekends and don't necessarily want to work nights, it might not be the industry for you. Um, but it's something I encourage people to at least try because, you know, I feel like I've been, um, you know, given the opportunity to do a lot of fun things in the sports industry. And if you're really passionate about sports, it doesn't necessarily always feel like work. You know, those late nights where I'm working 6 PM to 2 AM, you're also kind of watching the games as well. You know, you're not as in depth as a fan, but you're still around it all. And, you know, covering major league baseball, as well as uh, national hockey league, which is, um, outsources it's media to MLB. Um, you know, I had a blast because even though I was working, it never really felt like work. Cause you know, I'm, I'm watching, yeah. you know, my favorite teams, the Capitals watching the Capitals, 
you know, watching the Orioles who aren't very good usually half the time, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's what made it exciting. Um, so day to day, um, you know, the schedule kind of varies, but some of the things that I was doing as a broadcast associate, when I first got started was editing short clips for the daily shows. Um, usually just like 15 seconds, not a lot to them. Um, and then I started to progress and would get more projects. Maybe it'd be a 30 second montage that is a little bit more stylistic set to music. Uh, maybe I'm cutting an interview of a player that, you know, just got done a game um, or, you know, he's preparing for a game. Um, and then you start to get, when you get to the associate producer level, which is where I was at when I left, um, I was doing more player breakdowns where I'm actually talking with the talent that are on the shows. And, you know, if they want to break down a highlight play, um, let's say Alexander Ovechkin has a nice goal, like he did the, the other night. Um, he had a nice two goals. They'd say, Hey, I want to look at his two goals. And I would pull those clips kind of put them together. Um, we'd put some telestration on there um, and then they would go on and they'd talk about it. So um, the nice thing is I kind of got to see a lot of how things work and played a lot of different roles, whether I'd be an editor or in the control room working with our producer or with uh, the EVS operators, which is a lot of jargon I'm throwing at you, but um, yep. those are the ones that are, they're actually clipping all the replays as they're happening and then playing them back on our live shows as well. So you really, I really got a, a wealth of experience at MLB network and the day-to-day varies in sports. Um, you know, I actually think MLB network and being in broadcast TV, it's probably a little bit more regimented on what you're doing. Whereas if you're in sports, social media, you know, or operation game day operations, it can vary. You know, I haven't been in those spaces, but I know it, it probably varies even more. So yeah. if you're getting into the sports industry, just know that things are going to be, you're going to kind of buy fine by the seat of your pants, but that's kind of what makes it fun. It's a, uh, it's a fun environment. And if you love sports, like you're going to have a passion for it and um, it's going to make it feel less like work. Yeah. And, and so with that and everything you mentioned, it sounds very intense uh, for somebody that really wants to do this. What are like three assets that, or skills that you like, that you recommend people have right off the bat or maybe can build throughout college so that they kind of are set up for success or kind of um, become marketable in, in those roles for when they apply. Mm -hmm. Well, the first one I'll start with is one that, you know, I wouldn't say can necessarily be taught, but you got to have a strong work ethic. And so the only way you can kind of develop that work ethic is by doing a lot of things. You know, I did a lot of things in college um, and, you know, I stayed busy. Uh, you know, I uh, say I mentioned I did lacrosse, I did ROTC, I did the newspaper, um, and I still managed to have a you know a social life as well. So yeah. you know, stay busy. You know, have a strong work ethic, but you know, make sure you're putting in that same effort that you are in the classroom as you are in to your other activities, um, and vice versa too. You know, make sure you know if you're devoting a lot of time to these outside activities that you're getting good grades as well. But I think developing a strong work ethic is important, you know, for any job, but specifically the sports industry where you're actually working with a lot of, you know, fellow former athletes um, as well that, you know, are used to having people work really, really hard and being in a team environment. So um, I think it goes hand in hand, having a strong work ethic and being a good team player, you know, is, is the first skill I would say. Um, if you want to get into sports media, you know, just try your hand at, you know, editing or graphic design, you know, it depends on kind of what you're going at. I obviously went more video editing um, and I didn't have that much experience before, but I had enough experience that when I was getting trained, it was, you know, it wasn't completely foreign to me. So if you are interested in getting into broadcast TV, you know, just experiment with uh, either, you know, Adobe Premiere or some basic editing software. And Mm -hmm. again, like I came in, I was cutting 15 second clips that 
You know, like I could probably train you in a week, Carla, and you'd be good to go. It wasn't that much, but just having that experience before can set you up for success going forward. So that would be the second thing, you know, even if it's not video editing, you know, if you're interested in graphic design or, or even if like, you know, if you're more want to go for like social media, you know, you can't really practice social media, but have an active social media presence and see what other people and what other uh, accounts are doing and kind of, uh, you know, watch them. And then I think the third thing would just be, you know, you know, kind of going hand in hand with the work ethic is again, being a team player and, and building those relationships uh, with your employees and, and knowing that like relationships are everything in any industry, but, you know, even more so in, in sp- the sports industry um, and just being a team player, you know, I worked with so many different people across many different departments at the MLB network. Nice. And uh, I'm really grateful for that because I got to experience a lot of different you know, roles and, and learn what other people are doing. And that only makes you better. You know, I was put in the control room, um, really didn't know what I was doing at first. Finally, you know, started to get my feet under me, but, you know, I, I realized like, I, I prefer more of the editing than being, you know, more of the directing in the the control room with the operators, but just knowing that side of the, 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 you know, the business and how things operated yeah. made me that much better of an editor and a producer, um, when I wasn't in the control room and knowing how things work. So, um, treat everything as a learning experience and being a team player would be my third, uh, kind of skill. I know there's a less skills and more, you know, um, yeah, you know, they're not really hard skills, I guess they're more soft skills, but I think those are what's going to set people apart. You know, I, you can get trained on a lot of different things in this industry, but having those basic skills will make you marketable and make you, uh, a good employee, no matter where you go. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think um, it has to be like a balance between hard skill and soft skills, right? We talk about Mm -hmm. that in the career development center, but I think a lot of the things that I keep seeing over and over when I talk to young alumni that are, that just kind of have that fresh in their minds, like how the, the first steps into getting your, into your career was, is being Mm -hmm. kind of moldable to what the organization needs. And so Mm -hmm. like, even though you have this sets of skills, you are still learning it their way, or maybe using their, their tools. Um, So having Mm -hmm. that um, quick learner mentality and attitude is super, super important. I keep seeing that repeat over and over, like you, you get to your first jobs or your first organization, and you kind of feel like you have to relearn everything again from what you were taught before, because, because they're doing it in their strategy. So yeah, I think that's super, super great advice. Um, I think uh, as we are seeing now in the job market, having experience with all of these different softwares are coming about like Google Analytics, uh, Premiere, Adobe, all of these that really don't get taught in class. I have not seen mm-hmm. any um, like Adobe courses in in school, unless you might be an R major, but for business, for example, that sort of thing. So if it's not taught in class, taking that extra time to learn the skill that can be helpful uh, for anyone that's listening, you, you want to make yourself marketable. You really do have to kind of build your skill set aside of, from the classroom. Um, yeah. And to that point too, you know, doing it in college is a great time to both learn and, you know, also set yourself up to fail a little bit so that way you can be better for it and and then you can put that on your resume you know and you know no employer is going to expect you to know how they do things right off the bat but having the basic knowledge of premiere will set you up you know for success and I was fortunate enough that I did know it a little bit um when I got there and you know they were willing to train me but you know just having that being able to put that on your resume you know like an employer just wants to see that you have that experience if it's the most basic you know level of it 
they can work with that at least, you know, but having that experience off the bat is what can help you get your foot in the door. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, okay. So my next question is, and I know this is something that we talked about in, um, when we first had an initial talk and it feels like we've been trying to schedule this time together for a very long time with just mm-hmm. everything changing. I think we've been talking since like July or something. It feels like. Yeah. I think J- July or August. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's been a while. I know with the, you know, me switching jobs, we wanted to yeah. make sure that, you know, everything was in order, but uh, yeah, yeah it ha- has been uh, it has been a long a time. Yeah. But yeah. when we did talk at the beginning, um, we talked about um, your award winner, uh, an award winner. So tell us a story about uh, earning that Emmy Award. Um, I know that when you told me the story, I didn't even know that that was like um, like something that would happen and like being part of a team and everyone kind of earns that. So just give us um, a, a brief story about how you were able to become an Emmy Award winner. Yeah, so I, I'm going to kind of downplay it a little bit because uh, <laughs> it was an award that I won the Emmy for uh, MLB Tonight. Now, you know, I didn't personally like just me win the award. I wasn't at an award yeah. show. Everyone's like, oh, do you go to the award show? The, the sports Emmys are also different than the actual Emmys. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's still an Emmy award. It still looks the same. So, you know, it, it looks like an Emmy. Um, but I, I kind of joke because I was actually working on MLB Tonight probably only eight times that season that we won that uh award now um you know yeah it's i'm very grateful to have won the award um now everyone that works on that show whether it's once or you know 60 times uh gets that award so um that's i think what's nice about it so after you know downplaying it a little bit i will say that i'm very proud of it because uh, i feel like it was a testament not only to my work on mlb tonight but the work i had put in um on the other shows at mlb network as well as nhl network um and it's also a testament to to the the network itself as, you know, the teamwork environment of broadcast TV, because, you know, you see the talent on the shows and those are the front facing people. And occasionally, you know, the producers will get a shout out as well, but there's so many people behind the scenes. Um, And so the fact that MLB, you know, gives us all Emmys for being working on that show, um, even if it's just a small percentage of the time, I think is a testament to how they recognize, you know, that it's a team that makes shows happen. You know, there's probably around, 30, 35 people that work on, you know, one hour long show, um, whether that be the graphics department that's putting the graphics on, um, you know, for the shows, whether that's the talent that are, you know, actually the front facing people, whether it's the researchers that are providing information for the talent, whether that there's producers, you know, that are producing the show or, you know, operators in the control room or editors like myself, there's so many people. And, you know, that's also shows you how, you know, how many jobs there are in sports TV, uh, that there's definitely a lot of avenues to pursue. If, even if you're not interested in being an editor, there's a lot of different things you can do. But, um, I think it's just a testament to, again, like the teamwork environment. That's why I mentioned that as one of the skills is just being a team player, because, you know, the world, no matter what industry you go in, um, you have to be able to be a team member. Um, and sometimes you're leading a team, sometimes you're, you're a follower and you have to be a good, you know, good leaders are sometimes the best followers. And, yeah. um, so just knowing, you know, how to both lead when you need to, and both, you know, be a team player when you're not leading is, uh, I think that's translates to that. So yeah, I'm very happy, you know, I had to want an Emmy, um, you know, someone was joking like, Oh, did you win another one? And unfortunately MLB did not win another one this past <laughs> sports, uh, round, uh, at least actually we did win one, but I wasn't on that show, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm very proud of it. Uh, again, I, it's always a funny story because I was on that show for so few times. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, again, I, I do have the same amount of pride as if I was, 
you know, on it for a lot of times. I've worked MLB tonight a lot of times. It was just that one year I was just not on it as yeah. much, ironically enough. Yeah, well, I think it was well-deserved after, you know, <laughs> Thank your, you. that you've worked with there. Uh, but it's such an interesting story. And I want to just expand a little bit more about that being a team player um, and that what that might look like um, in, in your role, um, just so we get a sense of like what, type of um dynamic it is really uh mm -hmm. to be working with different people do you get to communicate with different people from different departments to kind of like make one full project and, and kind of mm. submit that or tell us a little bit more about that being a team yeah player. i guess this goes back into kind of your day-to-day -day question too so um you know when i go into the office let's say you know i can be doing a variety of things sometimes i'm overseeing you know shows that are um, you know, kind of, or projects that are not necessarily shows, they're more like long form, you know, documentary style projects. That's sometimes more rare or more on the side. Um, most of the time I'm coming in for a show and, you know, I'll use today as an example, I was on NHL now. And so you go, you sign onto your computer. And, uh, sometimes, you know, I have a fellow associate producer, so he's the same level as me. He was our, my supervisor today, actually, um, overseeing, you know, the actual show. So he's going into the rundown, which shows all the clips that we need, all the graphics that we need. And it's pretty much just the playbook for the game, uh, for the show of that day. And the producer is the one filling that out, saying what he needs. And then the supervisor is assigning those elements. So today um, I was just an editor and he, I was assigned pieces. So I cut some interviews um, for the show. I cut a breakdown um, for the show and, you know, it's, Sometimes that's, it goes back to being a team player because sometimes I'm cutting again, you know, 15 second clips. That was the stuff I was doing, you know, when I first started out and, you know, back then it was taking me, you know, 30 minutes to cut one 15 second clip or, you know, just by finding the footage and, you know, lining up. And when you're that, you know, that fresh into it, you like want it to be perfect. Whereas, um, you know, now it, it doesn't take me that long. It probably takes me, you know, depending on the clip, like two minutes to cut a 15 second clip or whatever, but just being that team player, you know, and not being, you know, kind of checking your ego at the door, whether it's like, all right, what do you need me to do today? You want me to do a detailed breakdown and actually, you know, communicate with the talent or do you need me to cut, you know, 15 VOs and VOs are, are voiceovers. So essentially um, it's a clip that, you know, that the talent will voice over. So when yep. I cut 15 seconds, the talent will be talking about a certain player and that will be the player showed. Um, nice. and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's just being, you know, flexible in that regard, or, you know, like when I was in the control room, I was being more of a director, but not necessarily editing. So I think just accepting, um, what your role is for that day and knowing that your role could change. And, you know, again, like I said, checking your ego at the door, whether, you know, you have somebody that's older or more experienced, uh, over you or someone that's, you know, your peer, that's, you know, overseeing you as well, you know, just, you know, be a team player and, and know your, you know, accept your role and, and do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. I, I think that that might be like one of the biggest, the biggest advice that comes out of this um, episode, because I think a lot of students right now struggle. I don't know if, um, if you, this is something you struggled with, you were an athlete. So that team player, it maybe just was in you naturally, but, mm -hmm. um, after COVID, um, and after just being secluded for such a long time and working remotely, right. Doing mm -hmm. remotely, it's been a bit harder to kind of communicate in person or, um, even just do group work in person because mm -hmm. of that. So the dynamic has changed with, uh, with school, uh, but it's such a huge asset to just kind of have that connection with your colleagues, um, to then, 
I get the, the job done, right? And everyone has to be fully committed and motivated to get it done. Mm -hmm. um, so it's such a big asset that I think um, will be inevitable when you work, unless you're maybe the entrepreneur, maybe, but even then mm -hmm. you have to build a business with people around you. But yeah. it's an inevitable thing to be a team player now in the, in the workplace. Yeah, it's all about, again, like back to relationships. You know, I'm very yeah. fortunate that I was able to build a lot here. And, you know, now that I was leaving, um, it was hard because I had built those relationships, but I, I knew that yeah. I was going to be able to stay in touch with people and, you know, getting to know your colleagues. It's so hard to get to know them, you know, when you're working remotely and you're not in person, you know, it's just different. It's, it's always going to be more challenging um, no matter how you slice it. But yeah, getting to know your colleagues, whether it's like, you know, we use Slack a lot, but you know, maybe rather than slacking them something, you, you give them a phone call or whatever. And, you know, and yeah. you kind of build that relationship that way. Or, you know, if you're on a zoom call for a meeting, you know, making sure like you have your video on if, if you, you know, most people do have to have their video on anyway, but we don't actually necessarily do for ours. Sometimes there's conference calls, but, you know, being willing to kind of put yourself out there a little bit more and, and build relationships and then pick the brain of people that are senior of you. And, you know, maybe they're in a position that you would want to be someday picking yeah. their brain is also so important. Um, and, and really just trying to understand how, you know, the business works, especially if you're in a job that you really enjoy and you see yourself moving up and staying there a long time, get yeah. to know other aspects of the business and interact with people in different departments. You know, um, I'm fortunate enough that I was able to interact with people in different departments and that's kind of the nature of the business is being able yeah. to, but you can, it's, it's easy to go without like getting to know, you know, your work colleagues. Um, it's kind of easier to, to do now. And I always encourage people to kind of put yourself out there. Even I'm fortunately extroverted, but even if you're yeah. introverted, you know, put yourself out there a little bit more, you'd be surprised uh, what relationships can grow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, um, there's a term I, I love that Disney company and I want to work for mm -hmm. them. I've done the internship with them, but they call it, and I don't know if, if you have a terminology for this, but tapping on the shoulder when you kind of just tap each other on the shoulder. Mm, to yes. Ask I like that. Yeah. Um, and even tapping on the shoulder for future opportunities, like I'm mm -hmm. tapping Carla on the shoulder because I know we've talked about her skills of doing producing instead of, you know, now she's an editor. So we'll call mm -hmm. her over to our department. So it's super essential because it's, it's essentially a network within it. And so, um, you know, if you want to stay with and you want to grow within the company, super, super helpful. But I know mm -hmm. I wanted to just kind of touch this before we, we go and conclude um, our episode. Um, just kind of the learning experience you've had from um, advancing your career. If you could give us a few tips um, that you can tell us as, as somebody who, you know, it, it hasn't really been that long, uh, it's five mm. years and, and you've been able to really grow in, in, and advance your career. Um, I love for you to share just kind of your perspective on kind of working for different departments, different places, um, transitioning to a new organization and, um, and just tips for just making those decisions that we want to advance our careers. Yeah, I, I think my biggest one is, and you can call it a bunch of different things, but I always say, always have a side hustle. And whether that be a side gig or a side project that you're working on, um, I always encourage people to devote some time to something. You know, I, I feel like when I was in college, that was kind of, the newspaper was kind of like that for me. I really wanted to kind of increase our online presence um, and building actually that website. Well, the website was already built, but kind of revamping it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, getting that WordPress experience helped me get my first job with a government contractor that was looking to kind of revamp their website. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to parlay that experience into working with a uh, digital marketer, like as a 
part-time employee um, and getting some skills there. And then when I actually, you know, then I went to MLB and that was a whole new experience for me. You know, obviously I was learning stuff there, but after a year, I felt comfortable enough that I'm like, all right, I know video editing. I want to, you know, continue to learn some other skills, some that I was able to get at MLB Network. Others, I was like, okay, I need to maybe broaden my horizons. And so I started a lacrosse podcast with a close friend. Um, and we then started a whole blog and news site. And then we've actually, you know, now we're kind of established ourselves in the lacrosse space. It's a very small space. The people that, you know, are fans of pro lacrosse is a very niche and small market, but we've been able to now, um, build our website and our podcast. We've had over 160 episodes. I've interviewed some of the best lacrosse players in the world. And that's more of a testament to them being so accessible than, you know, me doing anything, but, um, it's been really great to like build that on the side because I've been always been passionate about lacrosse and that's allowed me to kind of develop skills that maybe I couldn't get at MLB while also helping myself as an editor and become a better editor, you know, and getting more skills that help me in my job. So I always encourage people have a side project, have a side hustle. You know, if you're thinking of doing something in college, do it. Um, and even yeah. if it doesn't pan out, you know, I've had plenty of projects that I've started and stopped in, you know, a week or two, but, you know, just actually taking that step of trying it was always good for me, but, um, the lacrosse thing really started to take off. And, um, I actually attribute a lot of that to getting my new job because they were looking for mm-hmm. somebody with podcast experience, which oh. I was able to get on the side. So again, like Interesting. always find a side hustle, you know, and whether yeah. it's, you know, something that can, you know, make you a little bit of money on the side or get you the skills, or maybe it's just, you know, something, you know, your side hustle, or your side project is actually learning more about your j- current job. Um, I think it's very important to have something, but the key is to, to make it something that you're passionate about because, you know, otherwise you won't do it. So, you know, it, it should either enhance your job or give you skills that you are looking to gain for a, a, a potential job. So like yeah. you know, for me, it was helping me at MLB network, but even if I was at a company that maybe I'm like, you know, I, I'm not really enjoying what I'm doing at this job and I have this side hustle kind of going on that can kind of help you as long as it's not, you know, taking away from your actual job that can right. help you kind of get the skills without actually working at your dream company. So it sounds like yeah. you, you know, you did your internship um, at Disney and I've seen some of your stuff on LinkedIn. Like, you know, yeah. for you, you're, you're passionate about Disney and you're doing that stuff on the side, essentially while you're a student to, uh, to kind of help you get that dream job. So I think that's, you know, my biggest piece of advice, whether you call it a side hustle, side gig, side project, you know, do something on the side that you enjoy and, you know, um, that you're passionate about and it doesn't necessarily have to equate to your job, but do that to kind of help focus your energy and, and, you know, build out, even if it's like something as, you know, simple as working out in fitness, if, if you want to get into that fitness space and not necessarily maybe be an athletic trainer, but want to, you know, work out more like that's another side thing that you can do. So, you know, whether it's a hobby or an actual project, um, that'd be my biggest piece of advice for people. Yeah, I mean, I think it also plays well with um, the idea of uh, wellness and and just having that thing that separates your job and and duty to something Mm -hmm. that is truly personal, but it also aligns with what you're doing. Like, Mm -hmm. it's super interesting that you say that doing the podcast, which initially was more of a hobby and side hustle, now got you to get the experience that you needed for this new mm-hmm. job. Now, please share with us the name of the podcast uh, so that we can, we, we can um, listen to it and we'll link it on, on our description here. Awesome. Thank you. So it's pro lacrosse talk is the podcast. So mm-hmm. I've actually had a sales alumni on there as well. Uh, Frank, oh, okay. Cruz, he wasn't able to actually play 
in the MLL uh, tournament because it got shortened because of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. But he was actually on my podcast, which was a pretty cool experience oh, to have him. Cool. And I had uh, Coach Brancaccio on as well. But yeah, so it's pro lacrosse talk. And then I started another podcast that um, is kind of on hiatus now, but it was bet on lacrosse. And that was actually the one that kind of helped me get my current job in the sports betting industry. Um, and, you know, the nice thing about the lacrosse podcast is not only did I gain skills, but I gained a lot of relationships um, yeah. as well. And including working on this betting on lacrosse podcast, I met some people in the betting industry and they were able to, you know, kind of enlighten me. And I was able to learn kind of a little bit more about sports betting through them, which again, like was able to help me get this new job at a sports betting media company. But um, yeah, pro lacrosse talk is, is the the podcast. If you're a lacrosse fan, definitely check it out. If you're not, you know, don't worry, no worries if you don't, but take that example as a blueprint of, you know, a way that you can start, you know, your own website, your own blog, your own podcast. Um, yeah. You know, even it's a, it's simple as a social media account that is about something that you're passionate about, you know, um, do something in that, the, the space that you're interested in and you're passionate about. And, you know, you never know where it could take you. You know, I, it's opened up a lot of doors and, and I've made a lot of relationships that aren't necessarily on the professional side, but are, um, you know, just a joy to, you know, have friends that, you know, share the pa- same passions as me. So um, that'd be, you know, w- one thing that I really encourage people to do. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much for sharing your story. I think um, this is definitely something that might benefit somebody. Um, I, I see, you know, people that are currently athletes, maybe looking into how they might relate their major with their career and their mm-hmm. sport, finding this super helpful. Um, how can we find you if we want to connect with you? Are you on LinkedIn? Uh, is that the best place to reach you? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn at Hutton Jackson. Um, I'm also pretty active on Twitter, which is also at Hutton Jackson. Okay. Um, so a lot of sports media, Twitter. So uh, I'm a big Ravens fan, a big Capitals fan. Awesome. Um, so if you're not fans of those teams, you know, you maybe <laughs> stay away, but um, yeah. you're really into the sports betting as well, which is a, you know, emerging space. And, um, yeah. you know, uh, I, I think, uh, if people are interested in just seeing a little bit of what I do, I, I do try to share as much on that on Twitter, um, especially lacrosse fans too. Awesome. Um, so a little all over the place, but you can definitely find me on Twitter for more of the fun stuff and definitely reach out on LinkedIn. Um, if you want to network or, you know, hear a little bit more about what I do, or, um, I, I always like meeting people too, that are doing other things. Uh, whether it's in my industry or other industries as well, especially connecting with other the sales alumni. So um, definitely reach out, send me a, send me a note if you can. Um, and again, Carla, I appreciate you, you having me on. Yeah, of course. And good luck on your new role. Um, I hope everything goes well and it's a smooth transition for you. And for everyone else listening, thank you so much for tuning in again and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode of Beyond the Tassel. It is our pride to present the success stories of our DeSales alumni via a podcast. If you are a DeSales alumni and would like to become a TSU mentor, you can contact melanie.valone at desales.edu. And if you are currently a DeSales student and would like to connect with an alumni in your field, you can contact kathy.kraus at desales.edu. Until next time, Bulldogs.